0: Gary Pert is our special guest on the Inside Melbourne podcast this week with thanks to Zurich and there are a heap of questions from the outer which we're going to get to right through the show. Ben Gibson is my co-host today. Hi, Ben. Hi, Clint. Good to be back and here at the MCG. Absolutely. Let's get straight to Gary Pert, the Chief Executive Officer of the Melbourne Football Club. Hi there, Gary. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us. Um, A big one off the top, but I guess what so many of our members, 52,000 of them, thinking and saying right now is what on earth has gone wrong in 2019
1: yeah and 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 I can understand the disappointment the the entire clubs uh, bitterly disappointed the supporters the um, all, all the groups around the club that I've been chatting to you know especially over the last month or two compared to how we finished the year but The thing that I think we've all got to take into consideration and this is a challenge now forever is we've never had a time when the competition's been as as close as this with the equalisation and the draft what we have is just the lists of every team are just so close and if you don't get it right in a particular season you're going to pay the price and um, for us to be sitting near the bottom of the ladder uh, is a reflection of the fact that in the off-season, we had so many operations. That's not ideal. Um, lots of clubs have that. Uh, a lot of our top 10 players didn't have the pre-season preparation to allow them to hit the, the ground running. So it was a lead-in, and then you get into the season, and I think the way we've played, you know, our, our skills, because we're changing the team around, we're bringing a lot of new players in, our, our skill execution, our conversion in front of goal, all these things, if you don't get them right, you, you pretty simply end up 17th. And I wish I could sit here and go there was one thing went mm. wrong this year because that means we've only got one thing to fix. But it really is a, a multitude.
0: We'll get to members from uh, questions from members very, very shortly. But it's worth noting that um, you have spoken the fact that there will be a forum uh, later on this season. Is that still going to happen?
1: Yeah, definitely at the end of the season. And it's not because... Uh, of how we're going this year this will be something that plays out every single year doesn't matter where we finish on the ladder it's about accountability it's about our members having the opportunity like I said I'm, I'm talking on the phone I'm responding to emails I'm having groups come into the club I've gone out and talked to supporter groups and that's been playing out over the last few months but the opportunity for all members to come along is something at the end of the season we'll communicate that And it's about having all the club leaders and the football department leaders in the one place and giving the members the opportunity to ask any question they want.
2: Do you feel the pain that the members are going through? Obviously it's been a tough year but a long period of time that they've had to sit through.
1: Do you feel that? Do you understand where they're coming from? Yeah, and look, the the members and this is members appreciation week too and and I've got to say for the supporters and the members that have stuck with the club through, you know, so many tough times and I, and I know we all hurt, but there's also an element that I'm in the rooms after the game and I see how much the players are hurting too and and I talk to Goody and the coaches and and see how this impacts and this is something they live and breathe every every day. So, it's not separate for for me, this is a the club that I'm in here with you guys and the rest of the administration and and we've got really big ambitions and we and my belief in what we're going to create is still just as strong but do I feel the pain every single game do I feel the pain when I look at the ladder and see a 17th um yeah absolutely but I I suppose what I've got to use that to with the footy department and the broader club to say but we've got to stay focused on what we're creating as a club and it's going to take a little bit of time but you've got to have a clear vision on what that looks like.
0: And Gary what members and supporters will be saying right now is that action speak Greater than words, yeah. will there be, or can they expect tangible change at the end of 2019?
1: Well, we're already starting to see that unfold, and 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 that change um, will happen. It is happening, and and we're already seeing some really great people, people that have been here for 10 years, sometimes uh, five years, 10 years that have played really important roles that won't be continuing the journey with the club, and we will be taking that opportunity to bring in some new people, new IP, new energy, new thoughts. Um, what I see is I see a really great young list and that, that list is, is going to be together for a long period of time and we've got a great coach and what we need to do is we need to provide new energy and thoughts regularly around that list but we need to provide support and consistency as well so that that list over the next, the next year to bounce back but the next two, four, five years um, gets the best out of itself and I, I think that's what I need to create as
2: a club. As the CEO, what role do you take in the football department review and seeing how things can change over there?
1: Yeah, well, I'm involved in the conversations. I think quite often supporters think there's one person running around doing it. But the, the reality is with 10 weeks to go at the midway um, part of the season when we got right on, in underneath the, the operations to look at on field and, and around the players, what changes we need to make. And that gave us a good insight to where we were at. Um, you can only make certain changes within the um, season. And, and we did that. We made the tough cause and we'll continue to do that Um, and that's continued to play out but every single person within the footy department including the players and the leadership group um, are involved in that process and I've been involved in conversations so that we get a really clear understanding of what we're dealing with and the challenges and what we need to turn around for next year. And like I said, it's not one thing, it's probably, you know, 14, 15 different elements. Um, and then obviously I'm part of the conversations about what are the people's structures, resources, what they're going to look like, Darren Burge is coming in, um, is a bit of a game changer in the way that he thinks, um, the way the program will be put together. I've already started to see some of that information about how the program's going to be different and and I think uh, the players are going to have a very different um, pre-season experience um, and, and I just find that exciting.
0: There is a lot of frustration in the membership base. I'm going to get to a few questions from the outer now uh, on the forum, uh, in regards to a review. Di Williamson asks, uh, "What type of review can we expect of the coach's performance to be undertaken?" Melbourne, she thinks, has gone backwards by about ten years this season.
1: Yeah, look, and and it's easy to see, um, say that we've gone back ten years, and and. I understand that people are feeling that, but I, I don't agree with it at all. I, I look at um, when we've played this year, on so many occasions, we've been in games. And um, through the skills or even goal-kicking, uh, we can go back this, you know, four or five games that we could say, even if we were to have um, converted the opportunities, we're, we're probably in a, quite a different position on, on the ladder. So these are things we've got to get right. And it, this year showed you that if you're off a few points in particular areas of the program you end up near the bottom of the ladder and in the same way you can turn it around um, and we need to deal with this year you look at all the powerhouse clubs that are going to play in the finals this year every single one of them if you backtrack through have had a year or maybe even two years where they've been experiencing all the elements that we are this year and they've taken as an opportunity to make the tough calls to put things back in place in the right way and then build a long-term era of success playing finals winning games most of them have gone on and won premierships and that's what we need to use this year to do that so I understand the feeling but I I don't think we're far off it as long as we make the tough calls and we make the commitment to be this is going to be the year that's going to change things and turn us around for the next um era Nicholas Gallus wants to know if you hold
2: yourself and the coaching team accountable, can you single it to any individuals and um –
1: see where your role could change to improve this? Oh look I, I think every single person in the club because of the conversations is looking at going what are the little one percenters sometimes the the big things are quite obvious but the one percenters about communication about the resources about the type of people about the structures R- rest assured and I think the members have got to understand this is every single al- element of our program and club um, is being we're asking the question how can it be better how can it funnel into um, what we need to see as a big turnaround for for next year.
2: You touched on your relationship with the players and being in the rooms. Do you feel like you're really
1: connected to the group? Oh, yeah, it is. But you're in those rooms and when you win, everyone feels connected. And you guys have been in there. It's fantastic and everyone's chatting and hugging and it's a magnificent uh, feeling. Um, I think if anyone's been in the room after a loss, it's really hard to feel connected to anything. And um, and to see the pain, and and I think if it's if it's a loss in amongst a whole lot of wins, it's not too bad. Um, when we've had the season, we've had uh, you know it's a pretty tough environment to be in there and to see those uh, guys hurting. And uh, you know I can't wait to the time. Um, hopefully it's pretty soon when we're back into that environment where we you know burst back into the room and the players are singing the song and and everything's great because. Footy clubs are great places when you're winning and, geez, they're tough when you're losing. So, and everyone feels the same thing and I, I can feel that. See Goody walking around the rooms, the coaches feel like they've put so much into it and haven't got the return. In, in some ways, the performance of the players and the coaches when you lose... Is even harder than you're winning you're actually putting more into it but you're not getting the uh the return from your your efforts and to keep on doing that each week it's it's pretty tough
0: Gary moving on um you mentioned the coach just then Hamish wants to know why did we sign Simon Goodwin to a four-year contract
1: um well so myself and the board decide on that and that comes from a, a recommendation from Josh Marney. um I have no doubt that Simon Goodwin is the coach to take this player group forward and to get the best out of the group. And, and like I said, it feels really tough at the moment. No one's feeling good about anything. Um, but I really do feel that this year could be a bit of a defining point and we've got to make sure it's a defining point to go, that's where the real turnaround happened and Goody's going to be the one driving that. The relationship he's got with the players um, is, is fantastic and, and they just love his involvement Um, But I I have no doubt he's the leader for our future era of success. People on the outside
2: probably don't see the hours and commitment Simon has for his role. Are you really impressed by his
1: dedication to this? Oh, yeah. I think all the coaches are dedicated and they put – a massive amount of time and work into it, and that's the assistant coaches as well. They play a really big role. Um, but I, I, I've just been so impressed with his sort of love and care for the players and, and all the staff in the footy program. You pick that up straight away. This is a very um, type group and, and it's a group that nearly uh, sees themselves as brothers and they're so tightly connected and um, when I say that I'm backing this group in for the future in some ways I'm backing in the character and the quality of the people more than the athletic ability or the football ability it's um, it's a group full of um, you know really high quality people and and Goody's a key part of that. Does
0: he need more support?
1: Um, I think what we're saying with some of the changes that are playing out that um, he needs different support. And and that's not a bad thing. We see that every year. We won't be the only team that's making changes in that. And quite often it's just about energy and new ideas and new IP. Where's this player group? So I look at someone like a Brendan McCartney who comes in and he goes, I'm going to come in and I'm going to support a young coach and I'm going to develop the young players that you've brought in. And after five years of doing this, which he did a fantastic job of, um, there's an argument to say in that conversation, Brendan and Goody go, maybe someone else with a different skill set or a different background or different IP um, needs to come in now. And these things are happening at clubs every year. And I I just think it's a healthy thing. And and I think it's going to be part of the re-energising for next year. We've announced
2: the departure of Maka and Geno for the end of the season. When can fans expect to hear us announcing
1: a possible replacement and has that sort of search begun? Um, look, I, I would say the members have got to know that we're having lots of conversations at the moment, whether it's with player, player, managers, coaches, coaches, managers, looking at the structures. A lot of that's playing out at the moment, but it would be inappropriate to make any announcements until the end of the season, um, you know, for all the obvious uh, dynamics of that. So, um, you know, the, the members can expect that when we're ready to articulate it at the appropriate time, we're still playing, we're still in the competition, so a, a lot of other, all, the, all the other clubs. So to be at the end of the season.
0: Jill makes a point. Jill Harbrow, um, in talking, going back talking about the review, but she talks about an anxiety within the membership base. Do you understand that anxiety, given what's happened this year, about next year, and what happens through the preseason?
1: Oh, absolutely. Because I think um, the the groups that I'm chatting to and the individuals that are, ch- are chatting to, I get the fact that it's like, I get what you're saying, but we just need to see it, and w- and we can't see it in a couple of really great games in the final one year and then things fall apart the next year. What we want to see it is like with the great clubs, the powerhouse clubs at the moment, the clubs that people can watch and go, um, are performing for 10 years, you know, and and it's week in, week out. and, And the Melbourne supporters want to see that. And that's what... We need to create, but uh, th- there's no doubt that I can understand the angst, and I think there was just so much anticipation built up at the end of last of year. It just makes it a bigger fall afterwards as well. Andrew Herschel says we project
2: predicted sixty thousand members this year. How do you maintain this fifty-two thousand next year? and
1: Bring them back for 2020. Yeah, and again, um, what I'm talking about there is the best version of the club. And I have no doubt that this club is capable of as getting to a point where we're not only 60, but we're 60, we're 70, we're 75, 80,000 members. we got big crowds. We've seen that. When, when we play good footy and we're winning, we, we can fill the MCG and we've had 85, 90,000 people in there. And this year, we started off a base of 44,000 and we, we got close to – 53 and that's with membership basically grinding to a halt after about round three or four where we had so many people say um i don't i'm not happy i'm i'm not backing this team in for the rest of the year and we saw membership stop so for the members that signed up and so many new members and so many kids and families um i say thank you and the and the players are made aware of that growth, it's going to be really tough to keep that membership up and growing but hopefully supporters see that um, it's easy to support during the good times, you know, when we're winning and when we're 10 goals up, that's fantastic Um, but Melbourne people have been so good at going, but I also need to be able to support during those tough times as well. Um, And I'd like to think while it's going to be hard in the lead-up to the season because of what's played out in 2019, hopefully if all of a sudden we hit the ground running and we're playing really good footy and we're winning games, people will go, great, that's what I wanted to see and they'll jump back on board again. So the ambitions of getting to 60,000, 60,000-plus, Um, I have no doubt it is going to happen. And and I think we would have got to 60 this year if we had played the sort of footy, had enough wins, made the finals again, um, we would have been on track.
0: It's been a tough year, Gary. We've
1: mentioned that already.
0: How are you finding it in the job? I mean, how do you and the executive react to what's been happening on the field?
1: Well, in in so many different ways is... um, the the leaders of the club, and I make that broader as going, the board, the executive, the leaders in the in the footy department, is w- we've done so much preparation and got all our plans on what we're trying to create with the season and, and that hasn't played out. Now, if it doesn't play out on field, we all get the fact that it has a commercial impact as well. Crowd numbers are down, membership grinds to a halt. Um, with the injuries that we've had, um, people forget that not only don't you have your players out there, you've still got to pay them. So that can come into hundreds of thousands of dollars as well. So really what you have to do is you actually have to be flexible to keep on supporting the key drivers of the club and the program, especially footy. Um, but you've got to be able to deal with the impact of it. And in a lot of ways, we've we've got to maintain our belief, maintain the energy and enthusiasm and, and keep a really close eye on what we're creating for the long term as well. So, um, you know, all the leaders of the club are, are constantly talking about that. We know the performances on field have been poor, but are you really comfortable with the stability of the club off field? Yeah, and I'm... I'm but I look again as I mentioned before from the board through the executive all the way through the club and the footy department and the leaders and the players um you know I think the alignment and the commitment and the belief has stayed really strong um and that's that's got to be about the confidence of the people that are driving the programs Um, and you know as tough as it's been for the players um, if you were to chat to them today I don't think their belief on what they're capable to produce at their best has wavered as well and that's that's really important. John O'Rose wants to know if
2: the um, facilities has got any update if we're still a chance at Yarra Park where you see that
1: um, heading? Um, so we've got two facility bases, if you like, one being out at um, Casey and, and um, you know, we've just got $8 million worth of funding for Casey, which is great. And we've got our VFLW and AFLW teams playing out their training. $8 million to build an indoor skill development facility and change rooms and, um, you know, a fantastic gymnasium is, is a really important step for us because we've said to the girls, we want you to have the same opportunity to be the best that you can Can be as what our um, male athletes get so um, that so Casey's going uh, really well in that regard that construction um, starts pretty well straight away Um, in regards to our home base in Melbourne um, Yarra Park was one of four or five options that we were looking at and exploring but you're dealing with um, state government you're dealing with stakeholders in all these different uh, regions whether it's MOPT or um the mcg trust um and really in a lot of ways the yarra park no matter how we looked at it because it's not only building the base you've actually got to have a training oval that's the number one most important part to it that that doesn't look like it's going to be able to play out and be practical at an elite level um i think we're more likely to be looking at other areas and and um, uh, that's certainly where we're at right at the moment exploring with the other
0: stakeholders Gary, last weekend was retro round. Uh, I've got a question here from Ryan. He happens to be my brother. Um, He wants to ask you, cast your mind back to 1992, round 20, Victoria Park. You played on Alan Djakovic. Do you remember what happened that day?
1: Um, I have no idea how many (laughs) goals did he kick. I think he might have kicked. Uh, he kicked a bag. Put it that
0: way. Yeah, I think he, he might have kicked seven.
1: Well, he wasn't the only one that kicked a bag on me as well. But uh, <laughs> have you
0: bumped into Jacko? He no, might, I haven't. I, well, him I, haven't seen him,
1: I haven't seen him afterwards. But uh, you know, Fitzroy and Melbourne used to have some really good tussles as well. Yeah. So uh, um, I'll have to look up the stats. Surely you must know how many goals to have even well, asked he, that he
0: question. He
1: kicked seven five. <laughs> oh, really? I'm I sure they weren't all on. I, me, no, no, I don't think they, they were all. There on would you. have been a
0: few. Hey, uh, we're at the uh, MCG Friday. Friday night footy uh, will be happening Melbourne Sydney um, give our members and supporters a reason why they should get on down and, and support the club final home game of the season
1: yeah, well, you know, as I mentioned before, during these tough times, the, the, the players noticed these things and um, they noticed last year during the finals there was 90,000 people. Um, the comment was it was the first time we can remember paying where we had the majority of supporters. <clears throat> we had the noise. We had the support when we kicked a goal. And... They said, you know, that just made such a difference because they've had a lot of times. We've got players like Nathan Jones, who, you know, he's played a lot of years where that wasn't the case. Um, and so I know it's tough to come along for the supporters and the members right at the moment. But for us, everything that we're doing now is about getting what we can out of this year to build momentum for next year. So if. If you can, if, if it's something that you're available to send the message to the players and the club to come along, that's all part of it as well because um, be guaranteed the players are doing everything possible. They'll be trying their guts out um, during the game and, and the most support there so that they are getting recognised when they're kicking the goals, performing well, hopefully winning the game. You know, There's nothing like being at the game when we get a win. So uh, I'd, I'd like to encourage everyone to come around be part of it and um,
2: you know stay strong. Crowds have been a little bit low as you touched on but there are some people that are loyal and in in any week in week out what do you say to those people who just continue to turn up and
1: support the boys? Yeah well I take my hat off to them like um, and and I'm chatting to a lot of these uh, supporters that keep on coming up and and let's face it we've had some pretty cold miserable um, weather for these games as well and people just come along Uh, many of them were sitting in the rain over the last uh, couple of weeks so we thank them and and like I said they're they're just so important to the club um and hopefully we get back so, so those times what they're toughing out now like we all are as a club hopefully that's going to make it even better when we turn things around and start to really build that momentum and you know right at the moment we're all continuing to invest so uh, you know i say a big thank you to all those supporters and members that are staying strong
0: and gary we thank you for your time on inside melbourne
1: great thanks guys
0: with thanks to zurich that was inside melbourne uh, ben thanks for your time too. thank you And we'll be back next week with our uh, final episode of the podcast for season 2019. We'll catch you then.